Last time on the Bestow Curse podcast, our heroes reunited with Sylvie's old classmate, Amin Jalento, and saved him from some thugs working for the self-proclaimed Emperor of Old Corvosa. Armed with new knowledge of what's happening behind the quarantine, and knowing Vencarlo's last known contact was the artist Salvatore Scream, the party heads to his home to continue their search. But when three Adiugs pick a fight with the party, will these foul-mouthed sewer-dwellers make a meal out of our heroes? The Cursed Campaign continues now. Back to bestow curse, baby. Here we go. Oh yeah. Right into a fight. The sewers overfloweth with fun on this show. <laughs> yeah. The sewers really really run off. Mm-hmm. I think Haley's character uh would be particularly upset about this. Isn't it yeah, anathema, it's an anathema for, yeah. for uh waves druids to pollute water? Yes. Mm. I'm not pleased. Well, I mean I guess Odiogs kind of clean up, right? They, they eat shit. That's true. Yeah. As long as they, they eat know. anything. Yeah. Mm. So maybe they're nature's, uh, nature's cleaning service. Well, maybe Mir just needs to have a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Realize that we're on the same team here. <laughs> we could just move past this encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're usually very conversational beyond their never-ending hunger. <laughs> I think if we want real peace in the city, we do need to strike some some sort of like truce with the OTI because they're they're everywhere, you know. Yeah, they they're, apparently they're they all really over are. The place. They're really popular uh, early uh, early Pathfinder Adventures enemy, <laughs> which they didn't bring back in the remaster. <laughs> I don't know what they're based off of. I don't know if there's a D and D monster that's the Odiug or what. I really don't. But they're they're not in the. They're not going to be in. Um, Monster Core. Yeah, it looks like I found a reference there on Forgotten Realms Wiki and D and D Beyond. So it looks like it's something that did get ported over. I read from like a D&D. type of Golgothra. Golgothra. Yeah, Golgothra. Strange aberrations. Hmm. Mm, yeah, they're not too far away from oh. being strange aberrations yeah. in Pathfinder. So Golgothra, also known as dung eaters, are types of aberrations, <laughs> and. Uh, Yuck. Pretty clear, uh, pretty clear lineage there. Well, they're still in this adventure, and you guys got to pass them to find uh, more information on Salvatore Scream, the artist that you're tracking. Yeah. You know, I, I called a lot of things uh, right leading up to this. I'm going to put uh, another call out there on the line. The Emperor is an Otiug. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I can I can sort of read the uh, the plot points here and the foreshadowing to to call that well in advance. So I'm, I'm doing it here. You think these <laughs> are some of his thugs, some more of his thugs. Certainly, yeah. Chris, you just like went to Vegas at the beginning of like the NFL season and put like a ton of money on a team that has like one to one thousand odds of winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> yep, yep. It's <laughs> a bold strategy. So I was wondering if any of you have a favorite artist. Salvatore Scream is. One of the more famous artists in Corvosa, hmm. although uh, you know his work is a bit macabre for the average viewer. Hey, you know what? I think that is a great segue into my favorite artist that I decided 
three minutes ago when I realized this okay. is what we were going to talk about. Um, maybe my answer might change if I had some more time to think about it. But my gut instinct is I got to go Junji Ito, man. He, For those of you who don't know, and I think a lot of people do, he's a Japanese horror manga artist um, known for works like Tomei, um, his Cat Diary, uh, Uzumaki, uh, Geo, like he's got some really, really cool, interesting, weird horror concepts and translates them superbly to manga. I know he has, he's talked a lot about how he uses um, just like really deep, solid black in a lot of his work to help convey um, like this, this sense of fear and stuff. It, Man, if if you want to see some truly disturbing body horror or just some really cool concept horror stuff drawn in a terrifying way, Junji Ito's your boy. Do you happen to know what his like? I guess what do they call it? His his mode of art is like. Does he is he like a does he draw that with pen or is he like a digital artist? Ooh, I think he's one of those guys. Boy, I know the answer to this. I. Uh, don't quote me on this folks at home, but I think he started pen and paper and made a transition to using a, a digital pen. Cause I think I remember seeing that in a, um, in an interview of his, he's super sweet too. Like all of the interviews that I read about him, he's super humble and is always talking about like, Oh, this is one of my most famous works. I think it's pretty bad. I didn't do a really good job. I want to do better next time. And it's like, dude, everybody looks up <laughs> to you. Stop. <laughs> I don't like that style of art as much, um, which shouldn't come as a huge surprise because it's too too dark for me typically. Um, I can't remember the name of the one woman who I really appreciate, so I was look, trying to look that up. But Iris Scott is one of the artists that like I regularly follow just so I can at least see her art digitally because I'll never probably see it in real life. But it's gorgeous and has a lot of movement in it um, and a lot of really bright color typically. I think a lot of her stuff was like originally some of the stuff she started getting famous for is for like dogs uh, shaking water off and showing all the movement of that water. Um, But then she's done like just a lot of really pretty like vibrant color pieces. And then there's another artist and I wish I could remember her name because I've watched so many things of her like creating art and it's like also another really bright vivid color artist. Um, But I can't remember it right now. If I find it, I'll say something, but kind of segues into mine a little bit because I'm not a huge art guy by any means, but uh, in in school, I was looking at different types. I was like the impressionist uh, artists. Oh, I thought you were going to say like the AI art tools. No, yeah, no, no, thank you. No, Uh, but like, I mean, stuff like Monet and stuff when I'm like in art galleries looking at stuff, I think I'm drawn to the impression. Something about the impressionist stuff is is cool to me. And when I was looking at Irish Scott stuff is some of her stuff kind of uh, follows that too it is yeah, yeah very similar yeah yeah oh and she paints hers with fingers anyways really yeah oh, wow. they're finger paintings i forgot to say that i was looking at them on chris's screen when he pulled them up. I, I would never have guessed finger painting yeah. that's incredible <laughs> a lot of it's finger painting but. i am not uh too big into kind of traditional art i like to follow different artists on instagram to see some of their pretty whimsical uh paintings that they do uh, but I do like fiber art a little bit more. So knitting and crocheting is more of what I'm interested in because that's what I can do. Uh, so uh, there's a lot that I follow also on Instagram. Uh, but one that I really like her style of is 
uh, Alexandra and her brand is Two of Wands and she has a lot of different patterns available. Uh, and I really, they're pretty practical, easy to follow uh, tutorials and patterns that she posts, but I, I really like her style. What about you, Griff? Um, I actually like, so I studied um, art history in high school and college. And while I mainly focused on pre-classical era in college, my art history class in high school took you all the way like through modern art. And I think my favorite artist is actually the guy that Salvatore Scream is modeled after, uh, Francis Bacon. Francis Bacon uh, was an artist in like the 1950s, 1940s, 1950s. And his art is like really kind of abstract macabre. And he does a he does a lot of paintings that kind of like mishmash like almost like butchered animals and like screaming, not quite human but human faces. Oh yeah, and um, and it's all a lot of like he he liked to kind of use like black and white with like a colored background a lot of the time. A lot of his painting is like very streaky. Like he'll kind of take broad strokes almost over the more detailed stuff in the art. Uh, but it's a little unsettling. Very like unsettling. His, you know, <laughs> Very unsettling. His, seen his, it the first time. His yeah. art's... Um, wow. Some real put-it-up-in-your-living-room art. Certainly not, but I, th I just think his paintings are very interesting. So I'm going to go with Francis Bacon. Hmm. I don't like Jackson Pollock. I like Jackson Pollock as a dude, but I don't like his painting. <laughs> I don't like the idea. I kind of hated the modern art, like portion of art history. Cause I really hated the like art to subvert art. Oh yeah. Like, same. Vibe. Like mm -hmm. there there's Pollock who just like splattered on shit. And then there's, I forget the other guy that like literally just painted a canvas, like one mm -hmm. color. Yeah. Color. Like just mm -hmm. white. Like I went to the, uh, Chicago Museum of Art on a field trip for this class. Tread lightly, buddy. And <laughs> and it was a shame because uh, the guy that did like the solid canvases was the was like the special installation at mm. the time. So like Chicago Museum of Art, fantastic. There's all kinds of great art there, but the special installation was like a white room with white and black canvases in it. <laughs> Oh. And there was like, there's like a bench in it. It's like, why are you going to sit down and stare? What, at what do you have like, to what's, observe yeah. here? What's the point? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that kind of enraged me, but I, I appreciate art kind of in the late 18, early 1900s, probably the most. It's not a painting, but I remember the last time I was at the Columbus art museum, which I think is free on Sundays, which is kind of cool. There's like this weird sort of hidden room where you go into it and it's a room that's probably like 30 feet deep, maybe 20 feet wide. I'm just kind of guessing from my memory here. And it is mostly filled with a like semi truck sized barrel. It's just like hanging from the ceiling. It's taking up most of the room. Oh, the barrel of Damascus. Yeah. Is that it? No, I don't know. Okay. I'm just thinking about it. I don't know how they got the barrel in there. <laughs> Think about it all the time. Took down a wall for that barrel. Oh, I see it. That's huge. Right? <laughs> well, that's giant. Wow. I thought the uh, exhibit we saw in Madison before Tim's wedding was really cool. That was that was, oh, was, that was amazing. Yeah. 
I forget the artist, but like everything was created using trash, uh, like trash, like bits of appliances and cords and t- like, yeah, cows made out bullets, of like black and white yeah, leather, shoe a, leather, a tiger head that was made out of bullet shells. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was a lot of really interesting art there. Um, the marine life like room in that was incredible. Too. Oh yeah, it was like made entirely out of trash you would find in the ocean. <laughs> it was yeah, it's obviously a very clear statement. Well, also it was just like incredible to see how what they were able to put together using trash, and it was very like it wasn't abstract. It was very clear what they were trying to be. It wasn't like abstract. Like oh, I can't really quite figure out what type of sea animal this is. Nope, that was clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everyone hates like ocean trash, like the, the Pacific garbage patch or whatever, but it created art like that, you know, it inspired art like that. So is it really all bad? It's a statement against the trash island. But if the trash island never existed, it wouldn't, you wouldn't have had a beautiful exhibit like that. And we'd have a cleaner ocean. <laughs> yeah. There's always trade-offs. <laughs> Real give and take. Yeah. Pros and cons there. Well, we'll see if you guys can find this artist. I do have to give out a hero point. What's everybody's situation looking like? Two. Diego has one. Mir has two. Sylvie has one. I'm uh, I'm tempted to give it to Eamon. (laughs) He does deserve it. He earned it. (laughs) Yeah. Would Uh, that be your hero point then? But more freedom to spend it on helpful NPCs? I guess it would. Yeah. I don't think we have a submission form for my hero point. Just for Figgy. Yeah. Yeah, just for Figgy. I think I'll give it to Sylvie this time. Awesome. If our past history with Odiogs is any indicator, she's going to need it. (laughs) This hero point comes from Chandra. I think I got that right. Next time you're in a bad spot, just press up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA on the controller, and you unlock infinite health mode. If that doesn't work, maybe this hero point will. Ooh. Oh, good tip. I'm going to have to try that next time. I'll just tumble those directions. And I think I think I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah I really. I think I think you should uh, you should input that with your character selected in Foundry. Oh, so happens. we can watch you walk <laughs> up, down, up, down. Somewhat confusing tumble through ever. Someone bought the PC Gamer Strategy Guide to Curse the Crimson Throne is sharing all the secrets. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in the back of the in the back of the uh, combined edition. Only 90s kids remember buying book guides to their video games. (laughs) True. So when last we left our heroes, they had helped Eamon out in the streets defeat several of the Emperor's enforcers. And then they got some information from him indicating that Salvatore Scream, the artist whose house they had been to once before, was... In talks with Ven Carlo before Ven Carlo went missing. With that, they got together and took the river route over to Salvatore Scream's dockside abode. And as they approached, they saw several shapes moving in the water and what appeared to be a sinkhole that had uh, completely collapsed the house next to. Uh, Salvatore's and created this big deep uh, gulch in water and I need you guys to roll for initiative as several menacing Odiugs surface from the deep 
Ooh, not terrible for Vec on that perception. I got a 25 total. Got a 29. Sylvie got a 22. All right. And Diego got a natural 20 for a 33. Whoa. Oh, yeah. And uh, at the start of initiative, I could use my battle cry to try to, to demoralize the yes. front of these Odeogs. Yes, you can. Diego, you can use battle cry to um, intimidate. Oh, yeah. And I don't know that it matters with battle cry, but the uh, the Yugs are, uh, they do understand common. Okay, well, I rolled another natural 20 for a 39. Okay, which, which one are you getting? The frontmost one. Okay. There are three. They're kind of clustered in like a triangle. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, all, right off the bat. So Diego is going to rage. Uh, and let's see here. I guess he will move forward here up to, right to the Otiug. Uh, one thing I do need you to do is make me a fortitude save. As these things breach the water, you're smelling a yeah. stank. Let me post that in the chat for you. 31 total. Awesome. You are immune to Odiag's stank for an hour. Wonderful. Okay. Then he is going to swing down on this frightened Odiag with his grisly scythe. Okay. But the luck continues. Yeah. 12 on the die for a 30 total. That's a hit. Okay. Um, do a negative damage with my rage. 28 points of slashing negative and a little d6 of bleed there. All righty. That's his turn. Next in the order is Mir. Mir is riding Figgy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, should I first do my fortitude or whatever? Yeah, go ahead and give me a fortitude save as well. And oh. this is... It's not a disease or anything. It's just a stink. Okay. So that's a 25 for You're A-OK and immune to Odiag Stank. And then for Figgy really quick. Figgy got 19 on the die for a 35. Also doing good. Awesome. So I am currently riding Figgy, right? Uh, so that would mean that I can continue doing that while in combat? Question mark. Uh, so there are different rules when you're riding a companion. I believe a companion gets one action and you get the rest. So you can okay. use like an action to uh, tell Figgy to move and then you can still get three actions. Okay. Well, I'm going to, you know... Quick draw and shoot with my striking wounding composite short bow at this very first one. Okay. It's only a four on the die for an 18. Yeah, an 18 is a miss. All right. Well, I'm going to shoot one more time, and then I I can command Figgy to move an attack or no? So when riding, I let me look this up for sure. I'm pretty sure Figgy only gets one action. And you fight as a unit, so you would share the multiple attack penalty. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ah, Except for like spell plus attack combos, I guess. Okay. You or an ally can ride your animal companion as long as it's at least one size category larger than the rider. If it's carrying a rider, the animal companion can use only its land speed and can't move and support you on the same turn. However, if your companion has the mount special ability, it's especially suited for riding and ignores both of these restrictions. Well, at this current state, it has the mount ability. Yep. So it can use its aquatic speed can't move and support you on the same turn but otherwise you could use an action to command it but as Emily said when you're mounted you share the multiple attack penalty so Figgy would be at a minus four or five depending on his attack if you if you tell him to attack. Gotcha okay cool good to know. 
Um, cool. Well, I am going to do my next action as I'm going to use Spout with a five-foot burst since I actually have a body of water already. Um, so I should be able to target and hit all three. Yeah. If I place it around there and I will need a basic reflex save. I'm going to hit cast. So you have that. And then uh, I'll roll the damage. So you can make those reflex saves. The one in the front is going to uh, crit fail with the five on the die. The one in the back, the back right one, the grouchy Odiug, is going to succeed. And the other one, the lonely Odiug, will also will critically succeed, taking no damage. Okay. And so the damage on that is going to be a total of 15, uh, 30 for the... Or, 30 for the crit failure, and then um, half of 15 for the success and zero for the crit success, of course. And then um, Figgy's then move action is really all he's got. Yeah, if you want him to move, he can move. Okay, we're going to move back. Okay. That's the extent of my movement, That's and that's everything. So I moved back, uh, so I'm actually behind the party now because Mirror really has a lot of spells and things that are ranged, so... I don't want to be attacked. <laughs> sure. It is the Lecherous Odiug's turn, who is going to attack Diego right next to him. He's going to strike out with his jaws. That is a 30 to hit. That hits. Dealing 15 points of damage, and I need you to make me a fortitude save. Okay. Ooh, a natural one Eight. for a, a 20 total. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna let that ride. Okay. It looks like it's just a failure. Yes. DC 19 because of the frightened. Oh, nice. Interesting. I think I've ever seen that happen before. Natural one goes to a failure. Then it's going to attack with its tentacle and miss. And I think it will scooch back. Next up is Vec. Oh, he bleeds too. And needs to make a recovery check. That's a 15, so he's no longer bleeding. Ah, all right. Beck is standing in the middle of this dock, surrounded by all his friends. And needs to make me a fortitude save. And needs to make a fortitude save, (laughs) as I likely am about to be sick. 23. You're good. All right, not bad. So he's holding this awesome medic staff in his left hand, but... I guess what I do on my turn kind of depends exactly how we're using remaster rules, Griff. I'm thinking about pulling out my other staff and casting Bless, which has a much expanded emanation in the remaster. Yep. Is we good for that? Yep. All right. So staffs are technically one-handed, so I can dual-wield staffs. <laughs> As he pulls out his grandfather's walking stick from his his back in his right hand, raises it above his head and says, all right, let's send these shit kickers back to the depths. And a 15 foot emanation grows around him, you know, covering our entire party for now with a little bless. So make sure you throw that on your sheets, folks. Nice. Next in the order is Sylvie. Now, if I leave this area, will the spell no longer affect me? Correct. Yeah, it'll drop off. Oh, well, there is a spot Sylvie could stand on the dock and still target an Odiag, so she, she will move up. Unfortunately, I don't think she can tumble through since the Odiag is in the water and she doesn't have a swim speed. 
unless you want to jump in. But yeah, you can't really tumble when you don't have a movement yeah, speed. Yeah, I don't want to be in the water with those creatures. Are they up out of the water enough to attempt a trip or is that not even an option in the water? Uh, they're roughly level with you. It looks like they're standing on the bottom. They're really big creatures. So I'd say like you could try. I don't think I don't think that's a huge issue. Okay, perfect. As long as you can trip large creatures, which I think you can. So size category yeah, bigger than and you. And Sylvie does also have the Titan Wrestler feet. So she can actually attempt two sizes larger than her. So that's what she'll do. She moves up and then she attempts to trip it. The one that's uh, right in front of her that Diego was targeting before. Okay. Oh boy, that's a natural 20 for a 36. And this is against its reflex DC. Yep, that'll do it. Go ahead and roll me a D6 for damage as it... I guess it takes it, even though it falls into water. Maybe <laughs> he bonks his head on the dock on the other yeah. side. Yeah. Ooh, five points of damage. Okay, and you yes. are in panache. Since she has to take a multiple attack penalty for this, she is not using a finisher, but she will attack with her new rapier. <laughs> that is a 23. Yeah, with a prone and frightened... Oh, well, his frightened wood tick, but that should still hit. Let me make sure. Yeah, by, by three, you're good. Oh, I could have used a finisher. I'll just use some normal damage, though. Oh, only 14 points, and that's it. Okay. It is the lonely Odiug's turn, who's going to kind of move up onto this dock over here and attack at Sylvie with a tentacle. Oh, you know what? I did not do a fortitude save. Oh, yeah. Give me a fortitude save, please. 25. Yes. You're good and immune to the stench. Now we'll strike out. It is a 33 to hit. Oh, yeah, that will hit. It's going to be 18 points of damage, and it is going to attempt to grab you. That is a 35 against your fortitude DC. Oh, uh, that is definitely a success, but not a critical success. Okay, so you're grabbed, and because you're grabbed, I need you to make me another fortitude save as it constricts you. Ooh, that is a 31. Okay, 31. You'll take half of this damage. You'll take half of 32 damage, so 16. Yeah, wow. I'm glad I saved on that. That is a strong tentacle. The grouchy... Odiug is up now, and it's going to basically do the same thing, but against Diego, or attempt. So that's a 30 to hit Diego. That hits. Dealing 22 points of damage. It is now going to attempt an athletics against your fortitude DC. That's a 37. Close to a crit, but not quite. Okay. So you are grabbed, and then I will need a fortitude save from you as well as it constricts. All right. All right. Meets beats. 26 goes to a crit success. Oh, yeah. Uh, So you don't take any any damage from the constrict, but it does have you grabbed. Hard to squish him. He's all muscle under that fur. It is Diego's turn to retaliate. Okay, well, Diego is not in striking distance of any of these creatures since they're grabbing at reach, so the first thing that he's going to try to do is escape. Let's see here. I'll use my athletics check to try to escape here. 25? 25 does not escape. 
Okay. I think I'll just try again. Try again that map? Yep. Uh, 24 is not going to do it either. Nope. Uh-oh. And I guess one last time I'll try an unarmed strike since that's going to be with uh, agile map to try to escape. I'm going to have to roll high. Nope. A whole turn of struggling in these uh, Odiug's tentacles. Yep, very difficult. These appear to be much stronger than Odiug's you've fought before. You don't say. No, crazy. <laughs> it's Mir's turn. Okay, and I think Mir is going to attack at this, uh, the frightened and prone. Is it still prone? It is still prone. It hasn't gone since Sylvie tripped it. Yeah, I think I'm going to attack at that one still. Um, and then I'll probably do another attack to try and hit both of them. But I would like to at least start. And that's an 18 on the die for a 33. Looks like a crit Ooh. on that one. Okay. That's going to be 23 points of damage plus the bleed. Nice. Crit bleed. So there's that. And then uh, next action is I'm actually going to do that same spout in the same location because I can get both of them still. The one in the back and the one that's prone? Yep. Sure. And so I will need those reflex saves once again. Prone one gets 25 and fails. The other one in the back gets a 28 and succeeds. Okay. So the one with the success will take half of the damage, but they will take 15 points of damage if they failed. And then uh, I think I might have Figgy used his entire action to get up onto the dock, which I think because that, that'll be difficult terrain. Um, so that's why I think he needs to spend. I don't think he can move much after that. He can definitely get up there. This is one of those docks that's like pretty low lying to the water. It's not okay. super hard to get up. Well, now we're up on the dock. Sounds good. It is the prone Otiug's turn. It's going to, uh, let's see. Both of its friends have you guys grabbed. So it's just gonna attempt to stand. Sylvie would like to attack. Sure. That is a 29. Yes. That's a hit. Same damage, 14. It's going to chomp at Sylvie now. Oh, for slashing at it. I guess I earned that. However, with a five on the die, it will miss, and then it will attack with its tentacle. Oh, yeah, that will. 22 points Ooh. of damage. That is its turn. It's going to take 10 points of bleed damage and <gasps> die. Yes! Yeah. Nice. Beck, you're up. So that one died. It wasn't grabbing any of my friends, was it? Nope. Okay. So Vec is going to start his turn by looking at Sylvie and saying, you gotta get out from out of that thing's grasp as he casts Liberating Command. You get a free attempt to get out of there. All right. And that's a free action, not a reaction? Uh, ooh, actually, immediately use a reaction. So if you've already used one, yeah, I wouldn't I, do it I on you. I would do it on Diego. Attack of opportunity. Yeah, that's right. Maybe Diego ah, gets it. All right. <laughs> You're a lucky man, Chris. <laughs> Diego will be the one to survive. <laughs> I rolled a 30 on my athletics. Yep, that does it. You are out of its grasp. Freedom. Okay. 
That is one action down. Oh dear. Sylvie is probably going to be in trouble soon. If she can't get out on her turn, then the yeah. Odia goes with her in its grasp. I think it's more, yeah, it's more important that I put a little healing up on you as opposed to expanding my bless, which is what I wanted to do this round to allow my melee friends to get closer to some of these guys and still maintain that bless. But I can always do that on a later turn. So Vec is going to point at Sylvie with his magical healer staff and go ahead and try and cast a level three heal that is going to be using that staff. All right, let's go. This is the two action heal, heal versus living. All right, that's going to be 47 points of healing. Wow, that feels amazing. Sylvia is almost up to full. Thank you. You're welcome. And that's my turn. It's Sylvia's turn. She takes a deep breath, now feeling so much better uh, with that healing coursing through her. She plants her feet, contorts her body, and attempts to break out using acrobatics. Okay. A 19 on the die for a 39. Yes. There you go. You're out of there. No longer grabbed. She is too far away from the Odiug to actually attack it. There's about five feet of water before there is another dock. Sylvie will leap across the water and because she has 30 feet of movement, she can leap up to 15 feet horizontally. Yes, she does. Jump. So she doesn't have to get a running start, I believe. All right. Yep. And is there a check I need to make to successfully jump? Uh, No, it doesn't look like I do. All right. She leaps across, is now within range of the Odiug. She is in Panache, but will take a multiple attack penalty for the escape, correct? Yes, the escape gave you map. And make sure you're turned off blast because yes, you're outside the radius. You. Uh, because of all of these debuffs that are happening now, she will use a finisher, but she's going to use her confident finisher so that she is guaranteed a little bit of damage. That is 30 to hit. Awesome. Uh, yeah. That is 17 points of damage. And she falls out of panache. All right. It is the lonely Odiug's turn. It's going to attack back at you, Sylvie. She will nimble dodge. Okay. Here comes a tentacle strike. It's a 15 on the die for a 33. That will hit. Dealing 11 damage. And then it is going to attempt to grab you. I was really hoping to avoid this. 24 against your fort DC. Ooh, that does not succeed. Okay. Then it is going to attack once more with its tentacle. That's a 30 to hit. Ooh, yep. That hits. Dealing 22 points of damage. Good thing she was healed. The grouchy Odiug now seeing an opportunity to flank with its ally is going to move back and even though it is 15 feet away from you it can hit you with its tentacle oh that is a lot of range yep so it's going to strike at you 
now off guard, which I don't know if it's applying can, off guard I'll, I'll, to I'll you with them. Okay. However, with a four on the die, that's not going to hit. Oh, thank goodness. So it will strike again. Mm. That's a natural 20. Oh, no. 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 So you're going to take... This is going to hurt. 34 oh. points of damage. And then it will attempt to grab you. Oh. Two will not succeed. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. At the top of the round, it's Diego's turn. Diego sees these Otologs, or Otiugs critting Sylvie, yells out, no, <laughs> and uh, will sudden charge all the way off the dock onto the land to get around to be in melee range of the the Otiug that just went and is going to strike out with the grizzly scythe. Oh, I've got Bless on. It's 21, still doesn't matter. Okay, uh, and we'll swing again at map. 16 on the die for a 29. That hits. Uh, Midland damage, 25 points of slashing and void and a little bit of bleed. Bleed on its turn. Mir, you're up. Awesome, perfect. Now, I am still on top of Figgy right now. If, if Figgy were to uh, jump like in the water. Could I just come off of him, or how do how do I get off of a mount in combat? I think you have to use a move action to get. I have him. to use the move action. Okay, I think I'm gonna do that, and I'm I'm Mira's gonna move all the way back here, uh, so I'm not gonna be close to the dock still because I don't feel comfortable with that. And then I'm going to shoot and command Figgy to. Go rage, cause you know that's always good. Um. So unfortunately, mount is an action, and dismount is also an action. It allows you to move into an adjacent space, so you couldn't move all the way over there. You can move into a square that is. You can move one square down I to be diagonal right off. here. Yep. <laughs> okay. So now, instead of moving up uh, a little bit closer, I'm still on the dock. I'm far away, and now I've only used one action instead of two and now I will strike out with my striking wounded crossbow or composite shortbow and that's only a four on the die for a 19 it's probably not going to hit Nope. Okay. understandable alright and now I'm going to command Vicky <laughs> to run up and uh, start getting violent because he does good at that typically so he's going to go here and attack and that should be Plenty within his movement speed, and he's going to chomp. That is a 16 on the die for a total of 32. That's a hit. That is 21 points of damage. Ooh, minus four. For some reason, it had the badger rage on there still, so it's not really 21. Vec, you're up. All right. Well, you haven't used a reaction this turn, have I you, Emily? I have, but she's not. She's not grabbed. God. Damn. No, she's. Oh, I thought you were. Never mind. There's a bunch of conditions on your around your token. I assumed <laughs> she one is of them. Off guard because she's being Fair assumption. <laughs> All right. That being the case, I think I've got a pretty clear path that I want to go down here. I'm gonna use casting off of my own spell list another level three heal against Sylvie as that like 
gold energy springs forth from his hands, but cascades down the length of the healing staff to give it a little extra kick. Two actions here. All right, 44 healing. Thank you. You got it. And then with one action remaining, Vec is going to look at his (laughs) other staff and push the... uh, push the radiant radius of bless just a little further. It's going to be a 25 foot emanation now, which brings Sylvie into it. If she stays where she is, that's it. Sylvie, it's your turn. Sylvie, once again, feeling reinvigorated with this healing is going to attempt to tumble through the Odiug that she is by next to Figgy because now it's standing on a dock. Sounds good. That is a 33. Awesome. She is now in Panache and she is going to stay where she's at right now because she's right on the edge of Bless and the Odiug is now flat footed to her. And so she is going to attempt a bleeding finisher. Okay. Let me just grab off guard. There you go. Oh, only a 22. 22 because the creature is off guard is a hit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Thank goodness. Let's get some damage. Got to bless up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's start using that more now that it's a 15 footer. It's so good. It's like, that's awesome. So that's 20 points of damage, and then it will take 3d6 uh, persistent bleed damage. Okay. And she's no longer in Panache. So her last action, her last action will be to cast shield. So her family crest appears in front of her. Next in the order is the lonely Odiug, who is going to attack at Vec. He's so far oh. away. Yeah, twenty foot. Jeez. No, low, thank you. I suspect <laughs> you'll hit me. We'll see. <laughs> you never know. With the tentacle. <laughs> yeah, see? Wow, you, never know. you don't. <laughs> uh, he's going to attack again. This time does. Oh, yeah. Dealing 15 points of damage and is going to attempt an athletics check to grab you. Now, do you guys, Chris, specifically I'm asking you, do you know in the remaster rules, the grab monster ability is an athletics check. Is it at the map that you're at? I don't think. Or is it just it an is. athletics check? Because I know it doesn't. I know map doesn't apply when it's like the first hit. I, I don't know the rule for sure. My my hunch is that it doesn't apply because it's replacing kind of like a free action no free, grab. Okay. okay, that's a 33 against your fortitude DC. Oh, 100%. That is going to be... Let's check if that's a crit. That is just not a crit. Wait, no, it's definitely a crit. What am I talking about? Okay. <laughs> you are restrained. Youch. It is the grouchy Odiog's turn, but I got to take some persistent bleed on that lonely guy. That is nine points of bleed, and I will roll a recovery check, and that's only an eight. Emily, did I accidentally give you that damage? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I didn't. I just have you targeted. Okay. The grouchy Odiog, even though it's being pestered, is going to target its flanked foe hoping for an easy meal will strike with a tentacle against Sylvie 
That Ooh. is a 34 yes. to and hit. And then that hits. Sylvie will use her reaction to shield block. Okay. And then it's going to deal... Ooh, min damage, 11 damage. All right. Now it's going to grab at you, uh, but that is a natural one, so it misses, or it fails the grab, and is going to now try to bite Diego. Can Sylvie force it to land, fall and land prone if it critically so, fails? Uh, or how that works? Good question. Oh. A good question on the... And would that be a reaction from Sylvie? Because she already used a reaction. Okay. No, it's not usually a reaction. I'm just trying to see if... I think it would follow the, the just the regular grapple stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not if it can yeah. also restrain on a crit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, Sylvie, you can, as with a normal critical failure on a grab, you can choose to... You can't grab me back, obviously, because it's at range, so you can yeah, choose to make me nice. fall prone. Yeah, just like grabs the tentacle and like yanks and pulls it off its feet. <laughs> Let me tick prone on here. Um, I change what you do now. Yeah, I think that means it is going to target with a tentacle instead. Ooh, okay. Sylvie, that is a twenty-four to hit. Yep, that hits because you're. Well, it would hit either way. She is off guard. All right, another 16 points of damage. I think it was worth it to make it fall prone. That one takes five points yeah. of persistent bleed and we'll recall, roll a recovery check. Uh, it doesn't recover. Diego, you're up. Diego glowers down at the prone Otiug before him. Haven't you heard, foul beast? This dock is under <laughs> martial law now. And he flexes over it before <laughs> swinging down with his scythe. Oh, natural 20 there it is. for you 38. Frightened too. Oh, yeah. Well, no, sorry. No, I, that was a that was a hit, a swing. Oh, I thought you were intimidating. No, that was that was that flavor, was flavor okay. text from Diego. Yep. Go ahead. Do your crit. <laughs> Here comes a crit. Oh, 60 points of damage. Still alive. And I think I've got a crit specialization here. I can move the target five feet in a direction of my choice. It's not going to matter. I want to move him five feet to the to the right. Okay. Then a swing at map. 13 on the die for a 26 total. That's a hit. Okay, damage here. 22 points of damage. And Still the up. Bleed is bleeding. Okay, you know what? I'm going to swing for the fences here. I'm going to go for a map minus 10 strike just because I can, just because I'm feeling it. <gasps> Another natural strike. Oh, my God. This is the fourth one I've rolled in, in just this <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to log out. Like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Foundry uh, determines its RNG seeds based on the, the session when you log in or out. Becomes another. Let's see if I can top that number. 50 points of, of wow. damage. There you go. That finally does it. I would hope so. <laughs> Damn. Hey, they tell you not to. They tell you not to swing three times with reactions, but sometimes they're wrong. <laughs> That's his turn. It is Mir's turn. Yep, and Mir does kind of have uh, all of the party in her, or not all of the party, but everyone but Sylvie and Diego in her way to shoot, um, but mostly just Figgy. So I think I would like to, because I, th- I, I I would have some sort of soft cover, right? Yeah. Right. 
So I think uh, I'm going to go ahead and move 15 feet here. I'm hesitant to, because it's large, Figgy's not giving him uh, regular cover. And then going to go ahead and strike at this lonely Odiug. Okay. We'll see where this goes. Hey. That's a nat 20. Keep it going. There you go. <laughs> All right. So we'll put two d6 of bleed as well, which is nice. So that's 24 points of damage plus that bleed. Yeah, that won't stack with Sylvie's 3d6. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, I forgot about that. And then uh, gonna command Figgy to become enraged and attack. First, gonna become enraged. Okay. And then bite. What? Wow, you guys are nat just- 20, 36. <laughs> We're cleaning up. So that's three nat 20s in a row. Four nat 20s in a row. Sorry, right. we're pros in this game. That's going to be 50 points of damage. Oh, my God. Yay. Ooh. And that Ooh. kills that Odiug. Woo. <laughs> All right. And then uh, Figgy's going to fall out of rage and hop onto the deck. <laughs> wow. The dice really gave that to you guys, I have to say. That was really fun. We gave the dice You did nothing ourselves. but roll mad 20s. You did nothing <laughs> but roll mad 20s. Cool. Have mommy Vecchi clean up your messes. That's what she did. <laughs> Hell yeah. I know that's she did. You spent around <laughs> grabbed. <laughs> I feel I'm like worried. But you, they took care of business before I needed to be worried about it, so Yeah. Sorry. What can I say? We were we were blessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess you guys had bless on, so hashtag bless. Hashtag bless. Hashtag bless. bless. <laughs> Anyways, uh What are you guys doing? Well, I'm going to guess these Odiags have nothing on them, so I think it's time to go to the house. Oh, they all have they all have plus two, plus two striking daggers on them. Cool, we'll take those. Thanks I don't so need them. Grab them. It's cursed. Okay. Well, yeah. You're not told it's turned to one. <laughs> we're going to take them, we're going to toss them into the uh, bay as a tribute to Besmara. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> no, we are not going to pollute. You find that it doesn't leave your hand. Oh, no. You grabbed it. Uh, so you guys heading into Scream's house? Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. I can treat wounds or we can mm-hmm. lay on hands. Did you, did you walk to there first or what? Probably would have healed. Healing? I think we would have healed. Yeah, on the end of the dock? Yep, sitting on the dock of the bay, wasting time. Okay. I, I spent the entire combat healing from the end of the dock. <laughs> but, I mean, we can do this wherever. Yeah, we can walk on shore. Yep. We can literally go to the front door and then heal if we want to. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's going to matter. You say that. Griffin is acting suspicious because he's mad. We just shouldn't stand too close to the sinkhole. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's that's true. Mm. Uh, So how far are you down? Like, would a I'm like at fifty percent. Be better, right? Health right now. Yeah, I can. I can. uh, Okay, so I'll also (laughs) treat wounds. Yeah, I'll hit you with the lay on hands. Diego lifelink yes. surges, and in four right. rounds, he's back to full. Just have to spend 10 minutes refocusing if we have that time. Unfortunately, Gig gets like <laughs> face down in the water. You've actually been taking damage from suffocation this whole time. Honestly, if he perished, it would get rid of a... Uh, he just uh, unmanifest. Really you go unconscious. <laughs> so you can go ahead and take 23 points of healing as well. Then I threw my 28 on there. I'm 15 down. I'm not terribly worried about Oh, well, that. I could have just paired healed you and Sylvie then. Works for me. Perfect. Okay. How long is this taking? 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Before your 10 minutes are up, so you're not healed, a elf wearing this dark spiked chain mail and kind of twirling around a spiked chain exits the back door 
and looks at the group of you kind of in the middle of patching yourselves up. Let me show you a picture of her. Okay. I assume the spike chain is for home defense? I don't know. I really am digging the fact that she has a spike collar going on as well as a spike skirt. A lot of spikes. I hope she has her. Yeah. I hope she has some her, like blue fire on that chain too. I hope she's got her tetanus shots. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, and and for the record, lay on hands is only one action. Okay. It's refocusing. That's ten minutes. So yeah. Sylvia at least gets my. Like, yeah, it's Sylvia gets the lay on hands yeah. healing. And she pipes up. Oh, so you are making all the commotion out there? You here looking for Mister Scream? Aye, yes, we are. In fact, would you happen to know where he's been? <laughs> well, just so happens I'm looking for Mister Scream myself. Been hanging out in his house for a couple of days trying to figure out how I'm gonna go get him. Now, that's an important <laughs> question. Why are you looking for Mr. Scream? Uh, roll me a uh, religion check. Objection relevance. <laughs> go ahead and roll a religion check to see if I immediately know she's affiliated with Zangavan. <laughs> Alright, let's see what we got here. Oh boy, 16 awful. I mean, she's got his holy symbol right on her chest, so <laughs> it's it's pretty apparent that uh, she worships Zonkathon. I don't maybe you don't know quite the implications of that. When you ask her what she's uh, what her interest is in him, she says, "Well, I've been following his art for some time. It's actually somewhat significant to my religion." And that's a Zonkuthon, if your religious symbol is any indication, right? Oh, <laughs> you noticed. <laughs> I'm a very perceptive man. What can I say? It um, wasn't the uh, spike chain or the spikes on my armor that gave it away. I wasn't looking. I'm being a gentleman. Um, anyway, further question. Important for your religion. I, I'm, I'm familiar with his subject work, his body of, of you know, of art, right? And it's all this kind of parallel to Zonkuthon worship type of depictions of things. Are you looking for him maybe to commission artwork or maybe get some more inspiration? Or are you like oh, trying to talk torture about, him? I want to talk about his inspirations. I'm interested in where he gets his creative spark. Can maybe some of my friends do a sense motive check? Yes. I will definitely do a perception for sense motive. I will as well, but I'm very bad at these things. Well, I got a 16 on the die plus 17, so that should be pretty high with a 33. <laughs> well, just about double what I got, so. Uh, with a 33, you think she's telling you the truth, but maybe not the whole truth? Uh, the rest of you think She's genuine as well. Hmm. And if Mr. Scream doesn't want to talk about his inspirations with you, are you going to torture the answers out of him? I don't really know why he wouldn't want to talk about his inspiration. I mean, especially with someone that's a worshiper of the God he seems to be depicting in all of his work. But uh, no, I wouldn't torture him. He's... It's not a follower of the Prince of Pain. I doubt he relishes pain. Maybe he is a follower, and that's... I'm curious if he's getting 
messages from my God or something. Um, but I think he'd be appreciative and willing to share if I were to rescue him from the clutches of the Emperor. So I've got some questions here now, I guess now that you mentioned that name. I'm assuming that you are not working with said emperor, are you? Oh, of course not. But he's holding Salvatore's screen. That much I know. Then why were you looking for him here? Oh, I looked here first before I learned that. And now I've been staying here to try and figure out how I'm going to take on a mob of, you know, several hundred people and the emperor on my lonesome. Well, that kind of looks to the rest of his party and then looks back at her. I mean, all things considered, miss, the Emperor's no friend of ours, and this news that Mr. Scream is being held by him is not good news. We probably will need to spring him at some point. Seems we would have a parallel goal there. Of course. I've been hoping that Zankathan would send me a good sign at some point, and people with the same goals as I, what better sign than that? Um, you, you all look banged up. I did, I heard some noise outside. I was hoping those creatures were keeping, um, keeping the Emperor's thugs away from this place, but, uh, it looks like you took care of them. If, if you're beat up, feel free to come inside. I've tried to make it homey. All right, sounds like you're not alone anymore. Let's go inside, and, and I hope you don't mean homie in a Zonkathani way. Good point. I, I don't know if I'd, I'd appreciate that one. Sure, so she goes in the back door, and I assume you follow her in. Yeah, Figgy's going to be guard dog outside. Sure. Uh, you do notice that she kind of sits down in a fluffy-looking chair at Salvatore's old desk, However, you also notice six polished human skulls on the desk, kind of arranged in a half circle. However, the rest of the room looks relatively um, cozy, as if she's you know set up a a bedroll and that kind of thing has um, has some of her gear like set aside and that kind of thing got to ask, are these skulls yours or, or or was this here? Oh, I didn't make them, if that's what you're worried about. I didn't think Trust you made me, the humans. I, no, no, I didn't I didn't make them into skulls. I didn't kill anyone oh. to get these. I guess that's a relief to hear. I just didn't know if this was part of his whole art process or something. Oh, these weren't Mr. Scream skulls. These these are mine. These are my little touch. The so, homey touch. Some well, sometimes when you're out on on a personal mission by yourself, you get lonely, and the skulls are decent conversation when I ask them to talk. Do they sing to you? <laughs> no. Okay. I, I was willing to listen to that. Your voices are <laughs> quite raspy. I can't say that I've had many conversations with skulls, but thank you for inviting us into your temporary domicile. Oh, I assumed um, you'd be wanting to look through it anyway. Well, we, yeah, we were we were coming in. Um, but now that we're starting to get to know each other a little better, we should probably introduce ourselves. My name's Vicaris Relby. Uh, you can call me Vec if you like. I'm here with my friend Mia. 
Diego, Sylvie, and of course we got Figgy outside. <laughs> the Good. shadowy one's Gaken. Pay no mind to him. <laughs> They're going through a rough patch. A pleasure to meet you. Oh, well, my name's uh, Leori. Leori Vals. I'm not... I assume you all are from this city? I'm not. I... I was actually on a mission uh, that I heard you took care of for me. And what would that be? Well, the country I'm from, Nadal, is, (laughs) well, uh, a little upset with a lady by the name of Andason who murdered an well, didn't, created a plague that killed an entire town and then left Nadal as a fugitive. And so I was sent here to track her down, and you, from the rumors I've heard, have killed her. Rest assured that we have, and he thrusts his grisly scythe into the ground, which is was her weapon. Oh, <laughs> consider that proof, I guess. Anyway, thank you for tying up that loose end for me. Uh, obviously, I kind of have a personal interest in uh, finding this Mr. Scream as well, so it was kind of Two birds, one stone. Well, two bodies on one stretcher kind of situation. Yes, an analogy we're all familiar with, of course, miss. Um, I guess if we kind of took care of that said loose end for you, maybe you could explain to us where Scream is being kept. You said that the Emperor has him. You kind of implied that you might know where. Yeah, the Emperor's... And she kind of air quotes here. Palace is a series of tenements on Silk Street that he's turned into some large complex. Uh, He has his guards patrolling there all the time in the streets around it, which is, you know, hence my difficulty. I assume he's holding Scream there against his will, although maybe Scream went there willingly. I, I don't know. I've never met Salvatore scream Um, but I assume he would want to stay in his house and so if the Emperor's keeping him he's probably keeping him in his own palace well that's unfortunate news before you decided not to pursue the fight against hundreds of his minions did you do any scouting of the area of his compound any information you might share with us if we're willing to make the venture in to save him. His guards are pretty frequently patrolling. I myself am a cleric and, and although I worship the god of shadows, I I'm not that well equipped to sneak past so many patrols. I assume you could get to the past the palace by stealth, although if an alarm was raised at that point you might be facing down hundreds of people, which is what I wanted to avoid. I do know that the Emperor puts on spectacles at his palace. Um, Real-life plays, um, sport, competition kind of things. It's all its all a little grosser than it seems, though. Uh, from what I've heard, all of the games are fairly brutal. All of the plays feature real violence. Um, something that, you know, maybe I would enjoy to see, but maybe not the group of you. Uh, and then there's the tall knife, 
that he uses as entertainment when people transgress against his rules. Best bet is if you're particularly stealthy, you could sneak in or um, maybe you could get an audience with the emperor and take it from there. The thing about the palace is once you're there, you know, all couple hundred of his guards can't be in there. And the vibe I get is that much like a lot of mobs, if you cut the head off of the snake, they'd probably just scatter. It's just getting there. Although, talking to the Emperor might give us an opportunity to talk to Scream uh, if we asked. I mean, I'd, I don't if we got an audience with the Emperor, perhaps, you know, appeasing him in some way that, that, you know, I guess fits his somewhat twisted mind might give us some time with Scream to talk to him. I don't know that that really sets Salvatore Scream free, but maybe furthers the, you know, it gets me what I want to talk to him about. Um, his muse and it, I'm not exactly sure why the group of you are looking for him we go way back kind of pains us to see him being trapped you know old friends yes you can roll me a deception yeah I can do that it's gonna be a 30 total she raises an eyebrow at that you go way back and you weren't at his house before me and let his house sit empty well mm. haven't been in old Corvosa that long we were on the other side of the quarantine till recently. Oh, what's the name <laughs> of his most famous painting? They're all so famous. The most <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> we didn't say we were Cattle's close decapitation. Friends. Wrong. I have a feeling you're after him for another reason. Maybe. Fine. The maybe fine. this might grease the wheels. Kind of a peace offering between your group and me. I found this in the other room underneath the bed. Maybe it means something to you. And she pulls out a ragged and somewhat bloodied sleeve, like ripped off of a, clearly a uniform. I would allow a she society takes a check. close look. Sylvie? Oh, yes. I know what Thinks this is. Thinks on it a bit. Only a 15. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I... Oh no, she God. doesn't. I do have a. I have two hero points. You don't think points. very long. <laughs> but does Diego have society now? Well, Chris, you said you know what this is. is yeah. Would this be? Would this be something that our characters could know? Like, what do you think this is? This is the sleeve of the Seneschal. Belongs to the Seneschal Calipopolis, I think. Yeah, but without society, you have I, no idea what that's. I'm trained in society, like. so I can roll it. I don't know if I can roll high. We'll see. Nope, fifteen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so unless somebody is hero pointing that, you guys don't know what this is. Or your characters do not. Would Mir think it's from the guy that was in the bed healing, possibly? He didn't have any uniform on okay. when you came into the room. Just trying to, like, finish a conversation without having any information. Yeah. The uniform seems strangely relevant to our quest, but I am struggling to connect what it means. We should... Maybe consider it over a night's rest, and then we could think on it mm, tomorrow. I, 
I am curious about something you brought up on the at the Emperor's Palace. You said he regularly has games and sport and theater events. Are people brought in for this? Or are there people only inside the palace who put these things on for Oh, him? people are brought in for it, especially the more violent spectacles. Well, we are fairly violent. I don't think a couple emperors cultists getting killed in our in our progression for what we're after would be such a big deal. Could be an avenue into the palace we might consider. Right? I mean, it gets you right to the palace, like right right in. You know, he puts the shows on on this stretch of roof. You'd be right there. It's an option for us. There are many we could consider. Yeah. Without a reason to get an audience with him, it feels like our easiest path forward. Well, we do now know a significant public figure that maybe he would not expect to meet, but maybe would want to talk to. Just another option if we need more of a reason to talk to him without getting into any fights. Leori, do you mind if we take a look around at this place? I know you said you've been here for a little while and was able to find this bloody sleeve here, but maybe we can identify something that missed your eye and help us get pointed towards a goal. Sure, not at all. I don't mind. I have opened the, the direct room next to me and I am in this room with plants, question mark? Yeah, it looks like a kind of overgrowth of uh, plants and mosses and that kind of stuff. Can I do perception or nature or something? You can. Be a perception. Perception? Okay. Should I put on my eye slash to get a plus one to visuals? Yep. Okay. And then as per usual. That's a 24. Let's just look around. Cool. Uh, You don't see it. But it sees you. Oh, no. I don't like oh. that. Uh, that's your initiative. Everybody else roll it. Oh. oh. Shit. Would have been nice for a warning about that. Uh, it's actually, uh, I, I guess I don't really need you to roll it because you're going to know exactly where this is. Uh, Sylvia and Mir, I need you to go ahead and make me a... Fortitude save. Is this a, a creature or a trap? Uh, it appears now that you see it burst into spores, it appears to be a yellow mold. So, a creature? Uh, trap. Oh. I mean, not really a trap, a, a hazard. I get plus ones against traps. That's why I was wondering. Still didn't see it. No, I get a plus one against my fort- with fortitude saves against traps. Oh, okay. Too. Uh, let's get. Sylvie and Mir's fortitude saves there. Okay. So so yes on the trap or no? It is a hazard. It is not a like mechanical trap. That's fine. I just want to make sure since it sprung on us as soon as we came in. One I got an 11 on the die for a 27. Okay. You are both successful against the yellow mold spores. Uh, and now that you see it, it would be a survival check to attempt to remove the mold. Okay. Can I do that? You can do that. All right. Oh, I'm going to use the hero point, actually. Yeah, you could just, also exit the room that, uh, and close the door. No. 
<laughs> I'm going to use zero point to re-roll that. Because I only got an 18, which is a three on the die. So I'm going to try to do better than that. And I uh, got a two on the die. So yep. uh, 17. So you fail. I believe it's just critical failure that sets it off again. Um, I mean, technically, you would have three actions. Uh, now that you can see it, you know that um, you don't want to be next to it. Or it'll, like, once you get next to it every round, it'll react with that spore explosion unless you get rid of it. Gotcha. And there's nothing else in the room? So, if not, then I um, leave the room, Definitely I guess. looks like there's some stuff under the yellow mold. Okay, then I'm gonna try and deactivate mm. it again. Okay, uh, you can't this turn. Okay, cool. So, I guess I can take one step away and then, uh, since we're not in, I don't know, we're not in, like, real around stuff. I'm just gonna let everyone take a try, and if somebody is, like, next to it, it's gonna go off. Alright, we need someone good with mold in here. Gotta get rid of the mold, which normally would be me, but I I was caught off guard, so next time I I can try again if someone else wants to give it a shot. Otherwise, we can just wait a bit and I can try again. I mean, you guys can attack it. It can be attacked. Oh, I didn't know that. But again, if you attack it, you're sitting next to it. Yeah. I'll take my turn to turn to Leori, who I'm next to, and he just kind of side-eyes her and slowly shakes his head. Like, (laughs) come on, you should have said something. What? I didn't go in there. You're here for days. You never opened the door. It smells like ass. It's Filled with mold. All right. Well, on that we do agree. It smells like ass and filled with mold. I wouldn't have gone in there either. (laughs) Wait, if I... So I can just attack it, though? an option the whole time? That's an option. What if I didn't move away and instead got my war razor out and did that? That's fine, but now it will definitely go off again. Sylvie's going to step outside. Because you can't move till it acts again. Gotcha. Does someone else want to Yeah. Does someone else have survival, or is it just me? Well, if if you gotta be right next to it for it to be an issue, you could just we could just ranged attack it until it's dead. Yeah, I could just shoot an arrow. I don't even have to pull it out. I could step back and shoot an arrow. Okay, you shoot an arrow? Sure. It's 25. Does not hit. Oh, okay. Cool. Any, 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 is anyone else going to do something, or can I just try again with the survival? I'm not doing anything. All I would be doing is just attacking it a bunch, so yeah, it makes sense to try again. I will, I will attempt again. 60 on the die for 31. There you go. You remove the mold without triggering the spores. Thanks. I was like, I, I feel, think I'm the only one who can really do something here. You see some stuff underneath it. Ah, and I am rewar- rewarded here with an unusual object. I love those. <laughs> I will try to identify. Beck is the only one to identify this. Well, wow. wow. Uh, and Mirgan, a natural 17. Really? Yeah. It's good. It's religious significance, perhaps. Not quite. Hmm. Uh, this is what is known as marvelous pigment. It comes in a small container of shifting multicolored paint that can magically create an object painted with it. The pigment is applied with a stick tipped with bristles, hair, or fur. The paint flows as you activate the marvelous pigment and changes color at your whim as you paint. It can cover a ten-foot square, two-dimensional, or a ten-foot square, two-dimensional surface. When you're done painting, attempt a crafting check. Is a high level item, so it's a high level check. DC 30 crafting. Oh, that is tough. 
So this is a DC 30 crafting check. Maybe not something you can use quite yet. On a critical success, the object you painted emerges from the surface as a real permanent object. What? No larger than 10 feet in any dimension. It's non-magical and inanimate and has no value except to certain collectors. If you paint a creature, machine, or form of energy, such as a campfire, these depictions appear only as inanimate sculptures. The created object has a painterly appearance that clearly marks its unusual origin, but is as real as any other. Uh, success is as a critical success, except it falls apart after 24 hours. Uh, failure, it doesn't look right and doesn't become an object. And critical failure, you don't even paint what you are thinking of painting. So this creates real objects from paint. Wow. Neat. First thing that comes to mind, I want to paint that uh, pipe painting. They're like, this is not a pipe. But it it, w- it would be once you paint it, so it would completely mm. invalidate the whole. Schrodinger's pipe is yeah. it a pipe or not? It would be. It, it is after you paint it, but before you paint it, is it a pipe or not? <laughs> oh, I identify it, and uh, you know who would like this? Trinit Dad. He saves himself from almost accidentally re- revealing that he knows someone who's wanted by the crown in front of this stranger. <laughs> Trinidad, which exists. Yep. Oh, I vacationed there once. L- lovely nice place. place. Didn't know they were into paints. Certainly. <laughs> Why don't we keep checking the other rooms in the house? Yeah, let's let's keep doing that. Hi. Sure, you enter into a hallway. Um, Someone gonna go first? Sylvie can. Uh, yeah, I went first in the mold room. You were the best person to go first in the mold I room. I was. Just- I made a lot of sense. You just goofed up. Yeah, I goofed up first roll. Alright, which way are you heading, left or right? Uh I see some marks on the ground. Do they appear to come from a certain direction? Uh they appear to come from the left and go to the right. Oh, well, let's start on the left then and follow follow its movement. So she opens the door. Sure, you open the door. This looks like a uh kind of front entrance um smells kind of musty and mildewy there's mud tracked all over the floorboards as if a small army had marched through the room and then there's just an empty set of shelves to the south you could make me a survival check on these tracks that's something i can do most of the time man i was even thinking why did i pick survival it's never gonna come up in this urban campaign (laughs) 24 okay uh you discern that uh, there were at least, or there were exactly half a dozen people uh, from the tracks. Okay, perfect. Uh, that came in here as a group, and that a seventh person was likely dragged back out of the building. Okay. Mm. Mir drops the ground to examine the tracks. <laughs> she pops back up. I'm thinking there were exactly six people who came into this house upright, and a seventh that was dragged. Let us see where they were dragged from. Dragged out. I would say. Incredible deduction. (laughs) I'll open the door across the way and walk in with my sleuthing skills. You see a single bed. The blankets and pillows atop it scattered and in disarray. Sits to the south of the room. More muddy boot prints mar the wooden floor here and a splash of dried blood decorates one pillow. That's not a good sign. Maybe a survival check here as well. Perfect, yeah. 34. (laughs) Yeah, you think... That obviously this confirms where the tracks went and you see the drag off of here and uh, the blood likely means that 
this person was abducted as they slept. Uh, Notably, Mir, this stuff wasn't here the last time you were here. So when you saw this place kind of, uh, you know, broken into, uh, the house twice abducted from, you might call it. I got new information. (laughs) He was clearly taken in his sleep here. But I I did come here before, and it was clearly broken into. This was not here before, so this is a second time. Bad luck. <laughs> I'd say it's the neighborhood. It's really gone downhill. <laughs> Yoda Young's taking over the neighborhood. <laughs> Simple people can't have a shack here when the Yoda keep gentrifying the neighborhood. That's right. <laughs> Sylvie's thinking a little bit more about that sleeve that was found in the uniform. Is it possible to use nobility lore to oh, see absolutely. if it's connected? Oh, smart. Mm. Sylvie is a master at nobility lore. She was dragged to one too many parties. That's a 24. That's enough with the lore skill to know. This is from the uniform of a seneschal. After seeing the bed and uh, where the sleeve came from, the the wheels clicked in Sylvie's head and she makes these connections and shares the, the information with the party. Uh, this sleeve came from the uniform of a seneschal. It was clearly not, not Salvatore Screams, but maybe this was the person who was here or could have been connected to him. I did try to heal someone here and I, I, I couldn't recognize how uh, familiar they were, but I thought maybe they were something of importance, so that might make sense. But neither of them were here the last time it was broken into. Ugh. Good to know that likely Seneschal Kalapopoulos was here. It's ominous, though. If he was already ill months ago, and is spilling blood last time someone was here, we got a sick man that's further injured. I'm worried he's even gonna be alive if we track him down. And then this whole thing is kaput. I know, I think you guys get the, the distinct impression that Scream was the one abducted from this. Ah, okay. Yeah. Which is what would make sense because it, the, the house other was guy crazy. was abducted two months ago. Mm, or yeah, however long. Okay. The oh, timeline's starting to click together. Two people, two abductions. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I figured I'd put that piece together for you because your characters would know that. Cool. <laughs> Or at least Mir would know that. Well, I think our path forward might not be clear, but we might have a direction in mind. That pain is like the doodle pen from SpongeBob. Sorry, it's been sitting on my head and I, I like needed to say that. <laughs> cool. On that note, I think we'll continue the curse campaign. Wow. Next week. Yeah. <laughs> Hideous Laughter Productions is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Curse of the Crimson Throne is copyright 2008. Curse of the Crimson Throne and Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. Paizo, Pathfinder, and their respective logos, characters, and artwork are property of Paizo and used with permission. If you enjoy this show, consider listening to our other Pathfinder 2e show, The Hideous Laughter Podcast, and supporting us on Patreon where you can get exclusive access to our other actual play content.